All right, Father Jonathan, I am back in the studio. <laughs> good, good. So we're not going to have any audio uh, mishaps. You're not going to yeah. hold your microphone or well, bang I mean, it on I, the shelf or do any of those I'm not going to guarantee anything here because I like to keep <laughs> you guessing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. So happy, what is it? Today was the Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete. I wore pink. Did you wear pink? Ah, uh, I'm super jealous. No, so I really wanted to, uh, and I got to the parish where I say mass, and they don't have pink. The oh. The best that they had to offer was a faded red fiddleback. <laughs> Did you wear and it? So, no, I decided not to wear the faded red fiddleback. No. Um, I decided to go for a, a lighter purple. <laughs> mm. And so, yeah. So here's here's something that's interesting, and this has nothing to do with anything that we're going to be talking about, but Spain has a special privilege in the Roman Catholic Church. That's right. To wear blue. So there's that's an right. extra liturgical color. And yet, I think I remember you saying something similar along these lines last year, that you also could not find pink to wear as a deacon. Is that right? Yeah, never seen it. Never seen pink here. Uh, so it's interesting that there's a special privilege for an extra liturgical color, and yet they've, in a sense, and maybe this is just the parishes that you've chosen, taken one away. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. I've also never seen blue. So <laughs> Really? <laughs> to be fair, yeah. Um, to be fair. Now, granted, mo- most of the places I go say Mass are related to the Society of Jesus, and so we have uh-huh. a very particular way of, of doing yeah, things sometimes. Yeah, we don't do that. So, um, no, but anyway, I mean, it was Gaudete Sunday, and I wanted to wear pink, but it it didn't end up happening. So I, Not I just so wore much. purple. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but you okay. did say mass today. I did. <laughs> My once a month, <laughs> it was today. <laughs> good. How was your homily? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was okay. It was okay. I talked a little bit about uh, how how do we how do we await, and we do so mm. with rejoice. We do so with hope. We do so with how do we do so with rejoice. <laughs> How do we do so with Is that what rejoice? I said? Yes. <laughs> Is that what I said? Uh-huh. How do we do that well? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we do that with joy in our hearts. Yeah. Nice. You think it went well? Because there's a lot of ex- examples in our, I think, in, at least in my life of, like, I hate waiting on a lot of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like yeah. that Amazon package, I hate waiting on it. Just <laughs> give it right. to me now. Right. Uh but there's a lot to be to to joyfully anticipate. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. Nice, very good, very good. Um, I I did preach last week, but I didn't record it because I was on a retreat. Uh, so today I recorded my homily again, so it'll be up on the YouTube's. Um, and my homily, I I got to tell you, I was really proud of my homily today. I, it felt really good, and I'll tell you why in a second. Um, sorry, I'll tell you what I said in a second. But the one reason that I want to tell you that it went really well is actually a topic of our general conversations around what makes a good homily. Well, I think one of the things that happened today was not the end all be all of what decides whether or not something is a good homily, but I think it's a good indication of a good homily. Um, someone came up to me afterwards and say, I want to go to confession. Oh um, yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with all humility, like I think it was a good homily and God moved, you know, in this person's heart. And they said, I really appreciate your homily. I really felt like God was speaking to me through it. Um, would you hear my confession? And for me, <clears throat> afterwards, uh, after the Mass, and I, I, I received that petition, I thought, you know, that's a marker of good preaching, is that 
like what like it's not the only marker, but it, it could be a marker to say you're you're facilitating an encounter with God that can move hearts to where people ask, you know, to be reconciled back to God and his people uh, yeah. through the sacrament. So anyway, I thought that was a really yeah. beautiful sign. I mean, I think, you know, as we've said before, the the sacraments of Eucharist and of confession are both sacraments of healing. Like if if they're not playing on each other, then perhaps we're doing it wrong. I'm going to go out and say yeah. it. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So in that old model of like, you know, the two missionaries that go into the town square, one preaches and one hears confessions. Like the preacher is presumably getting people into the confessional, you know? Um, so yeah. yeah, I thought that was great. And I felt really confirmed as a preacher and really like privileged as a confessor to be able to hear this confession. I don't know. It just was a really beautiful experience this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a quick summary, I, I started the homily by naming the day as Gaudete Sunday uh, and pointing out what a lot of people point out, but I, I don't think it gets pointed out nearly enough, is that Gaudete doesn't actually mean joy. It's actually, it's actually a command. It's, you know, rejoice. So I, yeah. I pointed that out because in Spanish, a lot of people will say, oh, it just means joy. It's joy Sunday. No, no, no. It means you got to rejoice. And so my whole homily, I built it around how like, we can often think that God's commands are really sour and frustrating. You know, don't do yeah. this, don't do that. But it's like, yeah. he's he's telling you, you have to rejoice. Yeah. So I preached a little bit on that and what are the obstacles to joy. Um, and I use today's gospel as an example uh, of what we talked about in our podcast last week, which is, you know, the temptations to pride that John the Baptist mm-hmm. was facing mm-hmm. and how that's a, that if you want to be joyful, you have to be humble and right. you must decrease. That's great. You know. You know, and that's the only way to be joyful. Anyway, yeah, there I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, well, hey, so we're leaving John the Baptist after two weeks with him, and we're moving to uh, the last Sunday of Advent already. Yeah. And so here's a funny thing: we're mm-hmm. going in. We're we're talking about the fourth Sunday of Advent. I don't think that there was a fourth Sunday of Advent last year. Probably not. We'd have to look at the calendar, but there's a good chance that Christmas took over for the fourth Sunday, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you, you can have Christmas Sunday on... You can have Christmas on Sunday. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. And I think that's what happened. I don't think there was a fourth Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, this is, in a sense, new territory for me, at least. Like, oh, I've not preached on this Sunday before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, what, what I like about this Sunday is that it's not... These readings, at least, it's not the nativity yet. So, like, mm-hmm. it gives yeah. it gives you one more chapter of preparation for Christmas. Um, and yeah, anyway, so we'll have the, we'll have the Christmas story on Christmas day, but this is, this is after two Sundays of, um, I can't remember what the first Sunday was now, but after the second and third Sunday with John the Baptist, having, uh, Mary as the focal point, I think is a really yeah. good turn, you know, a really good shift. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, so we've, it, I think you're right. It, uh, it's an interesting combination that we've been focusing on the forerunner, the one who, who has gone before to prepare the way. And now we're turning to the, uh, not the one that's gone before, but the one who bore the one <laughs> who is to come. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. the new arc, like we're, we're kind of getting into this. Um, we've done the work and now his, Annunciation has happened. Like how, what does that mean now for us in this in this last stage of our of our preparation? Yeah, and again, Mary is such a good good example of of what it means just to be a, a Christian. Like she's 
She's so great. Love yeah. her a lot. Um, <laughs> hey, so here, here's just to get the ball rolling really quick <clears throat> from my end. I um, was talking to somebody today who pointed out that he was surprised. He's a he's a companion of mine from from Russia that lives here. He was pointing out that he's surprised to see that in a lot of the Western church, Advent still seems to be all about Christmas, like preparing for Christmas rather than preparing for the second coming of Christ. So like uh-huh. I point like I pointed out to him, like, well, it's it's kind of both, you know, and we kind of try to put the emphasis on both, though we probably in our practice lean heavily on like building a nativity set and decorating the halls right. and all that. Um and he was pointing out that like at least since the council, like a lot of the theology that he's been reading and interested in has been really focused on like, no, actually Advent is more about this eschatological coming of Christ. And I, I think the either or is kind of silly to say that it's one or the other. Um, but I just want to throw that out there is like this upcoming Sunday, if you were to preach on this gospel, how would you do so emphasizing not the birth of Christ 2000 years ago, but the second coming of Christ? Yeah. Ooh, I have to think about that a little bit. You know, it's interesting. I think you're totally right. And there's a trend that I've noticed that we tend to, and it's interesting that you mentioned this, that he pointed this out in the Western church, as opposed to the Eastern, that tended to be a little bit more, uh, like you say, looking at the the second coming. Um, what they also do is take more, more of a theological approach in a lot of their hymns, and so the hymns around Advent are all, you know, very much a teaching moment to show us how mm. how that happens. Whereas in the in the West, we don't well, we, we don't even really sing right now during coronavirus. But uh, right. a lot of the hymns, you know, what are are our Advent hymns like? Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. Okay, well, that's you know that's good, that's but kind of it. That's really kind of it. Yeah. Uh, and then it just we jump right into Christmas, and so I would say that it's not even really on our. I mean, it's kind of there because it is in our prayers, like the prayers for today was talking about both comings of Christ. Right. Um, but it's not. It's yeah, not it's so explicit not really in part our... of our of our imagination, our right, religious right. imagination. So okay, so like, I mean, I think I think the enunciation that we have here. Is a really good reading to talk about, you know, the coming birth of Christ at Christmas. You know, if there is like, I don't know, I don't want to force it either and say that there has to be an eschatological reading on this. Um, <clears throat> but I guess like one way of thinking about the question is how to make this less about commemorating Christmas and more about me as a Christian today. Um, yeah. So like, you know, so like preaching with John the Baptist, working with John the Baptist like the past couple of weeks, it's not just about, you know, the coming of Christ at Christmas, but it's also like paving the way and building the highways so that God can come into my heart now. So like, yeah, what is well, that with I mean, Mary? Let's uh, perhaps, perhaps, and I'm just going to throw this out there and you can help me figure this out if, if it's right. Um, or even if I'm on the right track, but look at the way that Mary, and I said this earlier, that Mary is our model and the kind of our, she can in a lot of ways be the, be the roadmap for how we live our Christian lives. And yeah. it begins with this encounter, like a very real encounter with the living mm-hmm. God. Like she is, look at what Gabriel told her, hail full of grace, the Lord is with you. Like that's huge for him mm-hmm. to come down and to say that. And now we have the opportunity in our own like daily life <laughs> to receive uh, 
our Lord Jesus Christ, soul and divinity, into our bodies like Mary did 2,000 years ago. Right. Uh, and so I wonder if if that's how we can, uh, in a sense, I guess, mirror mirror the Annunciation, but also have that same encounter so that we can, you know, when the second coming happens, recognize him. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does. Um, so, okay. So the, the things that I circled here in the gospel that stood out to me, uh, maybe it's just because how I've been feeling recently, uh, is the do not be afraid <laughs> line. Yeah. I was um, wondering about that too. I, I, so I, I've just been thinking a lot and sharing a lot with friends about there's just a lot going on in the world that's got me scared. Like, I, I just feel lonely and scared, and, like, I have a lot of responsibilities and whatever. And it's like, I need to name that for myself. Like, how do I how do I embrace, you know, the confidence that God asks of me in the midst of a lot of uncertainty and in the midst of a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety? And so just to hear the phrase, like, do not be afraid, you have found favor with God— like, I think it's easy to just relegate that to like, oh, well, the Blessed Mother, she's full of grace, immaculately conceived. I mean, yeah. can I hear Jesus saying those words to me? Mm-hmm. Like, don't be afraid, David, you have found favor with God. Like, can yeah. I hear that uh, phrase yeah. spoken to me? Um, and like, maybe the scatological reading of this is not fire and brimstone, but like, thinking, hey... If you're going to be saved, bro, like, stop being afraid. You have found yeah. favor with God. Look at the wonderful work that God is doing in you right now. Now, he's not going to call me full of grace, but the Lord is with me. You know, yeah. I have found favor with God. I'm baptized. I'm Like, I've received the sacraments. Like, I am one of the children of God in the church. Like, whatever. So, like, however you want to phrase it, you know. So, there might be something well, there of, like, how do I recognize my own blessedness as for sure, Mary was probably what? What, she, what does it say here? You know, surprised by this greeting, <laughs> like greatly troubled. Know, like, <laughs> yeah, could I be surprised by that kind of greeting? Would I, when I am welcomed into heavenly paradise, will I be received with these words? You have found favor with God. Um, like maybe there is the eschatological reading. You know, well, and consider consider the a few verses down. Like what what do we say about Elizabeth? For nothing will be impossible for God. Like there's an eschatological statement for nothing will be impossible yeah. for God because we want right. to put all of these, you know, restrictions and loopholes and everything onto what the, what end, what the end will look like, what the second coming will look like. It's like, no man, for nothing will be impossible for God. Right. Right. Do, do you, are you willing to, to your point, are you willing to let Jesus say to you, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. Yeah. Mm. And I think surprisingly, surprisingly, if we were honest with ourselves, we would probably say, you know what? No. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't believe that. Like, I don't believe yeah. that. I think if, if we took an honest look at ourselves, maybe, I mean, I hope it's not just me. I think we could be honest and say, like, you know, I'm not that blessed. Like, I'm I'm a terrible person or whatever. Like, I'm not that good. Like, I whatever. I don't deserve... God's grace. Like, I think there's a natural tendency within most of us to to think that we're not all that. Like, I think we'd be surprised at how God looks at us. I think if yeah. we ask the question, how does God look at you? Most of us would probably say like, oh, he probably sees this wart or that blemish or that mm-hmm. sin. And then God is like, huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't see Who any told of you that. that? <laughs> Who yeah. told you that Who told you were you? naked? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> totally. 
Who told you that? Yeah. Um, anyway, I think that's kind of an interesting angle. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, um, one, one other thing just to throw in the mix. I think this reading from Romans, I'm not a really big fan of preaching on second readings, as you know, but, you know, the the revelation of the mystery kept secret from for long ages. Like, this is the beginning of, like, an epic tale, you know? Um, and yeah. there, there's there's something really beautiful and powerful about the coming of Christ in in Mary, but I don't know. There's You can read this really personally, too. Like, from the creation of the world, from mysteries long kept, God is longing to be made manifest in me, <laughs> like, mm. in you, mm. you know? So, like... From the beginning of the world, he knew me. From before I was in my mother's womb, he formed me. I don't know. You could, maybe I'm just being very sentimental today, but like you could read, <laughs> you could read these readings this way, you know? Yeah, no, you know, it's interesting. I was reading the second reading, and uh, what's the what's the famous one? Philippians. Yeah, Philippians. of God who can who can whatever whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> this one is fascinating because it says to him who can strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus. Like there's so many things that have to happen for God to be able to strengthen you. And and I don't say that in, in, a, in a limiting way. Like I just got done saying that all th- God is all things, all things are possible through God. Um, but I think that's a part on us hmm. that God is going to be able to strengthen you as long as you hold fast to the gospel, as long as you, 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 you search for that revelation as long, you know, do all of these things that, are not, you know, means of our salvation, but means of opening up our heart and going back mm-hmm. to that that line from Mary, like, uh, can I can I receive that encounter? Can I receive the living God into my heart? Right. Like that's how I that's how I am strengthened. That's how right. all of these things that Saint Paul is saying are true. It's not just, oh yeah, that's a thing, done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, fair enough. Like this fair passive enough. magic wand that and I think that's how we a lot of the time like to think like to think of religion, just with a, you know, like oh yeah, just accept Jesus into your heart. That's all you need. Okay, you're right. done. Right. It's like well, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> so, so here's here's another thing. Maybe to disagree a little bit with what you just said. Uh, so with John the Baptist, the last two weeks, we've done a lot of work on talking about the importance of preparing the way of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And Mary here is just surprised. Like, is just... <laughs> surprised by joy. Surprised by joy. Like, just incredibly... Like, let's how about this? So, like, the past two weeks we've been talking a lot about prepare the way, prepare the way, get rid of all the obstacles, go to confession, you know, make level the, 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 the mountains and fill in the valleys, make a highway for our God so he can get there quickly. Um and look at this, how he shows up in a way that's completely unexpected. So, like, even after all that work, God just shows up as this unexpected force of, of <laughs> yeah. grace, you know? Um, all of our expectations for two weeks of preparing the way, preparing the way, are good, great, wonderful. But are you still open to being surprised that hmm. what, yeah. what God may do in you? Um like you might think that you have it all done and we're and you've you're ready. I'm ready, God. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. <laughs> Made it. And he's like, "Have you not known that I've been walking with you this whole time? And were not our hearts burning while he was with us? Like, I don't know. Like you could do something there with the expectation, surprise that the that the incarnation happens here at the Annunciation. Yeah, you know. And I wonder if that's just to maybe as my final thought. You know, um, 
I wonder if that's some of what we can glean from our first reading from the from Second Samuel. Like we're talking about how God is at work in the world. It was I who took you from the pasture and f- care of the flock. Um, like I've been doing all of this. Uh, and I just, I keep going back to this idea that if that's, I mean, if that's true, all of these things that we say, you know, your house and kingdom shall endure forever before me, your throne shall stand firm forever. What does that mean for me? You know, and yeah, there's an, there's, there's that active part that I was talking about, but I don't mm-hmm. think what you just said is, is removed. Right. Like, right. I think in my activity, if, if it's not necessarily leaving space for that, for that unexpected, for that joy, like, I don't know that we're doing it right. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a real temptation for us to think, oh, we got the magic formula. We know how God is supposed to show up. So let's prepare the way for that. It's like, hold on a second. It's not going to be anything like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. God is going to surprise the heck out of you. Yeah. Yeah. And David wasn't allowed to build the 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 house to dwell in. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Cool, man. Uh, that's your parting thought. I don't have any. Just, you know, I'll say yours, your normal one. You know, go pray. Um, yeah. Do that. Hey, um, I think it might be good, too, uh, as a special treat to our listener. Uh, maybe we could record <laughs> <Singular>. for... <laughs> well, yes, I, I have a very special listener that I know listens. Uh, and other than that, I don't really know. Um, but maybe you and I could record, uh, start recording for major feasts, like you know, Christmas Day yeah. or something, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. All right, buddy. Till then. Hey, right, pal.